0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPhelli.com, by St. Oliver's Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Also, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. A handful of things we're going to get into today, as always, in a world of baseball sports and unifying America. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, there's always different takes you could bring on certain topics, and I think it is very important to try to be unique in the way you believe when it comes to certain things. But I think there's a line where, in some cases, you go a little bit too far to try to stay away from the view of the general public. And I think this happens a lot in the world of sports. obviously happens in different uh you know ways when it comes to the news whether you're talking about current events or politics you know you hear people kind of with the same narrative saying the same thing repeating the same views on things over and over again and what you want to do is you want to have a little bit of a different look to it if you're reporting something or if you're discussing something or if you have a talk show like i do you you want to bring some unique points when it comes to stuff but The best advice I could give is try not to go too far. Sometimes something's going to come up and you're going to agree. And if you think of a couple of things I'm going to bring up in a show today, we're going to talk a little bit about Kirk Flood and whether he deserves a case for the Hall of Fame. And we'll break down his playing career. We'll break down, obviously, all the different things that he means to the game as a pioneer. And whether there is room in the Hall of Fame for somebody like Kurt Flood, whose sacrifice is something that really did lead to free agency and the abolishment of the reserve clause, even though it didn't happen a couple of years until a couple of years later uh, in the mid to late 70s. I want to talk about Tom Brady, which is what I'm going to start by talking about today. Um, it, it's very easy to say. he's either going to stay in New England or he's going to go somewhere else. And bringing this up in a certain way almost seems like sacrilegious that he would choose to leave a place like New England, where he spent the past 20 years, has won six Super Bowls, has been to nine Super Bowls. The connection between him and Bill Belichick, the greatest combination of quarterback and coach in the history of the sport. So you say, why would he leave there? And I think only Tom would really know the answer. I think part of it is the opportunity to test free agency, something he hasn't done over the course of his entire NFL career. And the other side of it may be the willingness of the New England Patriots to want to move on. At some point, there's going to be a Belichick in New England without Tom Brady. And Tom Brady whether he wants to play until he's 45 or he decides somewhere along the road that he wants to play until he's 50, he's going to be done playing football likely while while Bill Belichick his longtime coach with the New England Patriots is still coaching. You almost saw that happen a couple of years ago. Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of being groomed as the heir apparent to Tom Brady. He ends up getting traded to the San Francisco 49ers. It's Jimmy Garoppolo last year that's in the Super Bowl and not Tom Brady. Does Bill Belichick look back at it and say, hey, if Garoppolo was his quarterback, would the Patriots be back in the Super Bowl? I don't know. But you you understand that the shelf life of an NFL quarterback, even an all-time great, which Brady is, is not going to last forever. So the question is obviously, and it's a big deal because you're looking at a quarterback that has accomplished more in regards to winning and getting the Super Bowls than any other player at his position in the history of the sport. We know the value of the quarterback position in a National Football League. It's it's different than a star running back. It's different than a star wide receiver or a linebacker or a defensive back. A star quarterback is... Trump's sad of any other position in a National Football League. So when you do things in regards to winning, and listen, Tom Brady wasn't the only reason that the Patriots won six Super Bowls and were in three others, but when you're a quarterback in that many Super Bowls and win that many Super Bowls, you know, you've done things that have not been done before in the sport. New England, Boston, at some point, We'll get used to having a different quarterback there. Now, does that mean that the New England Patriots are going to draft the next quarterback? Are they going to go out there, let's say, with a Ryan Tannehill or Teddy Bridgewater type and have that guy run the offense next year? I don't know. I think a lot of it's going to come up to Brady. But to to me, the the difference there, the one thing that really isn't going to be brought out in the general public, and it probably bothers a lot of talk show hosts, and a lot of reporters and a lot of people in the media, is that you're never going to really know New England's side when it comes to this. Is New England ready to make that clean break right now? And maybe they're encouraging Brady to go sign with another team. Maybe they don't make him the contract offer that he's looking for. Maybe the extra details, the different things that Brady would want, Say, hey, you know, I need another receiver. I need another offensive lineman. These are players that I need to have on my team to be able to succeed. Well, if the Patriots give him 30 you know, plus million dollars a year, even if it's just for one year, that's going to put the Patriots in a, a difficult situation from a, a salary cap standpoint. So it is confusing, but, you know, Brady is testing free agency, and obviously there's going to be teams that are going to be interested in Brady. Not that this hasn't been spoken about before, but buyer beware. You know, you don't want to necessarily invest in a quarterback that's been to nine Super Bowls and has won six for what he did before. You want to have a reasonable understanding or a reasonable belief that he could bring the play of your team to the next level. So if I'm the Tennessee Titans, I don't know if I'm necessarily going out of my way to try to bring Tom Brady in. And it's not that Tom Brady you know, wouldn't do well. Hey, maybe with a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder coming off of statistically his worst season, if he's wearing a different uniform, maybe he is motivated enough to bring his game up to another level. But the one person that never loses in these battles is a person by the name of Father Time. And Father Time catches up to everybody. Father Time is caught up to every great that has ever done anything. Unfortunately, you get older. When you're an athlete, you could only perform at an elite level to for a certain amount of period of your life. And last year, you saw a decline on play or on the field from Tom Brady that you hadn't seen before. And I do think that's something that has to be understood. If you are a team that may want to go out there and make the splash and make Tom Brady your quarterback next year. Now, the one thing that does have to get brought up is the fact that if Tom Brady leaves and plays in Las Vegas next year for the Raiders, in Los Angeles next year for the Chargers, in Tennessee next year for the Titans, it's not like he's doing something that's completely sacrilegious. There's been a ton of great NFL quarterbacks that have ended their career or have decided to move on to other teams. One of them is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had a second career in Denver. Now, he was a little bit of a unique situation. Uh, You know, the major surgery he ended up having on his back, which cost him a full season, and the Patriots ended up, I'm sorry, the Colts, I stand corrected, the Colts with the worst record in the NFL getting the number one pick and drafting himself Andrew Luck kind of expedited Pete Manning leaving the Indianapolis Colts and heading over to the Denver Broncos. But there's been other great quarterbacks that have finished their career in other places. A guy by the name of Joe Namath, who forever is going to be remembered as the New York Jets quarterback, the elite. If you're going to choose one quarterback in the history of the franchise to lead the New York Jets franchise, it will be Joe Namath. He's always going to be remembered as a Jet. But the last year of his career in 1977, he spent it with the Los Angeles Rams. Johnny Unitas, who's always going to be remembered as a Baltimore Colt, spent the last year of his career with the San Diego Chargers. And there's obviously other quarterbacks that have names to him. Warren Moon, you're always going to think of him. And obviously, he's going to continue to be my favorite player or the player that kind of inspired me to become a football fan. always going to remember him as a houston oiler but not only did he become a minnesota viking but he was a seattle seahawk a kansas city chief all before he hung up his jersey and his shoulder pads joe montana some people say the best super bowl quarterback of all time well in the four super bowls that he's played he played in he won them all One of the best quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League, no question about it. You know, finished his career with the Kansas City Chiefs. And a little bit was similar to what Manning went through. You know, a major injury. And it was Montana's backup, Steve Young, who ends up going to the Hall of Fame himself, taking over. And the 49ers had two starting quarterbacks at that point. So they had to move on from one of them. So if Tom Brady plays another year or two, Or maybe three maybe he decides to play until he's 45 years old you know is it going to diminish anything that he's accomplished if he plays for a different team now you think of guys like Dan Marino and John Elway and some other quarterbacks that ended up playing their entire career for one team you know Otto Graham, Fran Tarkenton, there's many quarterbacks that you think of and they're not only synonymous with one team because of what they accomplished, but never wore another jersey or a different jersey. Eli Manning, you know, Ben Roethlisberger are likely with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Phillip Rivers is going through the same thing as Tom Brady. He's not going back to Los Angeles with the Chargers. He's going to be playing for a different team next year. But, you know, my major point is that Tom Brady's going to be remembered for the greatness of what he did as a New England Patriot. Is he likely to go out there and play if he does play for another team, win another Super Bowl? hey, A lot's going to have to change. He's going to have to have a better season than he had last year. And like I said, Father Time wins all the time. He is a constant competitor. There's nobody that has ever been able to defeat Father Time. And it's likely that the next team that Tom Brady plays for may not necessarily get the best of Tom Brady. And I think that's something that that team should be cautious of. So in the end, what do I say? I say it's best for Tom Brady, and it's best probably for the New England Patriots, for Brady to come back and play for them again for another year. Now, at some point, Brady's going to have to make a call over how long he does want to play. At some point, the New England Patriots are going to have to move on from Brady. It only, it only makes sense. The Patriots, as an organization, are going to last a longer time than Tom Brady is going to be able to play on the field. And at some point, the Patriots have to look in a different direction for their other quarterback. And the other thing that I brought up before is that the incumbent, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it is Joe Montana, whether it's Brett Favre, that quarterback that is there does not necessarily want to train their replacement. Even Eli Manning, now he's, he was a guy that was able to say all the right things from a professional standpoint, stood out, always had the right thing to say and was guided with the right thing to say. He didn't want to train Daniel Jones to take his job. And nobody in the NFL has wanted to do that before. Favre had a hard time when Aaron Rodgers was there. Yeah, you, know, you can't have them both there and then the younger guy or the next guy come in. You saw it happen with Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. So the Patriots are in a tough situation because at some point they're going to have to move on from Brady. Maybe now is the best chance for them to you know, gain that clean break. But it's also going to take one of those teams that I mentioned, and maybe Indianapolis jumps in the mix. Maybe there's another team that we're not even thinking about being a possibility for Brady to play for next season. But if the Chargers or the Raiders or the Titans decide this is what they want to do and pay Brady that big money, I just don't think you're getting your dollars worth for your investment. You're bringing on a legacy. You're bringing on a six-time Super Bowl champion. You're bringing on a quarterback that has been to the Super Bowl nine times, which is more than any team has ever been to in the history of the National Football League in a Super Bowl era, which is great. It's great to bring in a legacy, but are you going to get $30 million a year worth of Tom Brady for even one season? You're probably not. This copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights granted by the World Wide Web and is solely for entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the Passball Show. JohnPielli.com and JohnPielli LLC is prohibited. Any commercial use of the program, such as by charging admission for its showing, is similarly prohibited. So I did want to bring this up before I get into my baseball discussion. We're going to spend some time talking about Cliff. Um, sorry, Kurt Flood, and his Hall of Fame case that you could reasonably make at this point. Um, was thinking about the decision by the NBA to fine the Minnesota Timberwolves for not playing D'Angelo Russell, not dressing him for a game, and I thought it was a little bit hypocritical for a league that has basically accepted load management and players getting rest in the national basketball association over the last handful of years. We know that this started with Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, there's many different instances of players sitting out games where they weren't injured now because the Minnesota Timberwolves were probably upfront and honest and said without a doubt that, you know, D'Angelo Russell wasn't hurt. You know, maybe that put them in a position where they were more subjected to a fine by the National Basketball Association if they chose to do it. But I think this is a weak move by the NBA because you're, you're watching what's going on in Los Angeles with the Clippers. How many games has Kawhi Leonard missed this year? And because he has an injury passed. He's got an excuse. Any game that they want to sit him out, they could say it's because of his injury when he may be considered by a doctor 100%. Now, I think the Timberwolves took this in stride. They stood by their decision. They were continuously honest in the fact that they were stating that Russell was healthy, would have been able to play. It was the team's decision for him not to play. But why, why are we singling out the Minnesota Timberwolves? One of the worst teams in the NBA, by the way. And a team that just got Russell in a trade from the Golden State Warriors. You know, the like I said, the Timberwolves look fine here, but the NBA looks weak. Are they going to be selective in which teams they're going to find for players that aren't playing? They may have a harder case against the Los Angeles Clippers by saying... Kawhi Leonard's not playing on a given day. Is it because he's injured? Is it because they're just looking to rest him? Danny Ainge with the Boston Celtics has been very uh, open about the fact that load management is something that's important. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, has stated that it's important to give certain players rest, particularly on back-to-back days. So the NBA is kind of in a little bit of a a conundrum here because they have kind of turned their back on the fact that teams are resting players. And obviously there's that aspect, if you're a fan, if you want to see a National Basketball Association game, what is the biggest draw from, you know, to the fans, to the NBA? It's the players. It's not the teams. There's not as much allegiance to particular teams even though there is, but not as much as there is in football and in baseball and even in hockey. So, you know, NBA fans, particularly younger fans, go to see the players. So if star players are going to continue to be rested while they're healthy. That is depriving fans of the opportunity to see players that they probably bought a ticket to see. So there's that aspect of it. That's the, probably the most obvious aspect of it. But what bothers me, and this comes to you know pretty much any sport that we talk about, is I don't like there to be a double standard. I'd like a policy to be enforced one way and be the same for everybody. And I don't necessarily think it was in this case. You take a Minnesota Timberwolves team, a team that probably – has more of a right to sit whatever players they want. You know, they may want to look at what the floor looks like playing 48 minutes with a certain bunch because they're not going to the playoffs this year. They're looking towards the future more than any other team or certainly any team that's going to the playoffs. So they should have more of a right if they choose to not play D'Angelo Russell to not be subjected to a fine from the NBA. And like I said, you look at what's happening with the Clippers. The Clippers have a game the other night where everything's clicking on all cylinders. You know why? Because their top eight players are all playing. Now, you want to give them a certain amount of rest, and you want to say that the fact that these players are able to play at such a high level and be at their best when they're on the court together because of the load management and the amount of rest that they're getting? Okay. Like I said, I haven't said anything that is disputed the fact of whether this is working or whether it's not working. It's obviously been something that's been done in the NBA for a while. But where were the San Antonio Spurs getting fines when Greg Popovich was doing this left and right with his star players for a series of years? How come the Los Angeles Clippers aren't getting fined for their decision to sit certain players? I just don't like the selective enforcement of any rule, and in this case, when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, I mean, this is a team that's going nowhere. This is a team that's not making a run to the playoffs. Why are you going to pick on them? I I just found it was kind of weird. So as we get into the meat of what we wanted to talk about today, today's this is the Passball Show, brought to you by JohnPale.com, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania, by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. I was thinking about the case for Kurt Flood to be into baseball's Hall of Fame. And, you know, Kurt Flood obviously sacrificed what really is the equivalent of the second part of his baseball career, To gain freedom, to gain free agency, to earn a chance to choose where he wanted to play in what we, we would call probably the second half or the twilight part of his Major League Baseball career. And I look at Kurt Flood and I try to say where was Kurt Flood at at the time that he chose to challenge the reserve clause? and risk probably not knowing at the time that his Major League Baseball career would essentially be over when he decided that he didn't want to accept a trade after the 1969 season from the St. Louis Cardinals to the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, likely. he had he, Had he been successful, he may have had a chance to be a free agent and choose his next employer. Let's say, hypothetically, he played for the Yankees. I don't know. You know, what what, what do you you want? You want to play for the Dodgers? You want to play for the Giants? I don't know where Kurt Flood in his mind would have liked to play for. Maybe he just wanted to stay in St. Louis. Maybe he wanted what we call now the Kurt Flood rights of the 10 and 5 player, the player that has spent the last five seasons with one team and has 10 or more years of service in Major League Baseball would just want the freedom to say, you know what, I don't want to be traded. Obviously, a lot has happened since then. Free agency is what it is. But one thing that stands out, and it may not have been the fault of Kurt Flood, was the fact that after this trade, after he's moved from the St. Louis Cardinals to the Philadelphia Phillies, which, by the way, is right after he won his seventh consecutive gold glove as a center fielder, You know, his career abruptly ends and he misses the 1970 season as there is a back and forth in regards to his case going to the Supreme Court. He ends up being traded from the Phillies, who he was property of, to the Washington Senators, opens the 71 season as their starting center fielder, and after 13 games, Even after a vote of confidence from manager Ted Williams. And think about it. I mean, geez, if there's anybody that would carry a strong vote of confidence, it's Ted Williams. He decides that, you know, he's not going to do it anymore. He walks away from the game at age 33. And I think it's easy to look back at his career numbers. Was shy of 2,000 hits over the course of his career. Hit 293 was not much of a power hitter, was not much of a stolen base threat. In fact, was almost caught stealing as often as he was successful in stealing bases. Like I said, never had a ton of power, but was a premier defensive center fielder, probably the best in the National League at that time. You think of Paul Blair who played, you know, mostly in this in the 70s, obviously a little bit in the 60s, but You know, Paul Blair was known as an outstanding defensive center fielder. You think of years later, and you think of guys like Ken Griffey Jr. and Andrew Jones and, you know, some of the best to do it. Even, you know, contemporaries like Kevin Pillar and, you know, Kevin Kiermaier. As far as defenders that go out there and play the position well. Kurt Flood was the best of his time. Now, would that have warranted? him being a Hall of Famer. And I think there's two ways you have to look at this. And this is why I'm bringing this up, because I think it's very important that we divulge into both of these scenarios. The one you have to talk about is, was Kurt Flood on his way to the Hall of Fame when his career was abruptly ended after the 1969 season? Now, I know he played 13 games for the Washington Senators in 1971, but his career was over after he was traded to the Phillies and he refused to report. Here's a guy that made the All Star team three times. Like I said, it was a seven time gold glove winner, had 200 hits in the season twice, was a 293 hitter, was a very good player. And let's say he had another five seasons left that he could play at a decent level five years of 170 hits. So 790 hits over the course of the next five seasons. He's at about 2,600 hits. I'll say his batting average slips maybe to 290. You could say that he's probably in a hole very good. And if he maintains his defense as a center fielder, as a premium defender, does it, have to go to right field or left field or doesn't spend a couple years in the seventies as a designated hitter. You can make a case that Kurt flood is going to get more consideration for the hall of fame. So there's that aspect of what was robbed from him because of his stance and saying, Hey, I didn't, I didn't want to play for the Phillies. His, his reasons for not playing for the Philadelphia Phillies that were, you know, number one was the control You know, he didn't like to be treated like a piece of property, which many players hated and despised at that time. The reserve clause, something that really binds a a player to a particular team, and they are and were treated like a piece of property. When you talk about racism as it applied to the city of Philadelphia. Now, at the time, Bill White had gone from the Cardinals to the Phillies, and he was a Em and flood got along very well so maybe there was some of you know animosity maybe from Bill White saying hey I don't I don't think you're gonna like playing in Philadelphia you know I've heard a lot of racist taunts the fans can be pretty rough on the black players here and maybe that was true maybe it wasn't of course if you remember uh, the movie 42 the Jackie Robinson movie and obviously if you've done any research on Jackie Robinson you know about Ben Chapman, the Philadelphia Phillies manager of 1947, and the racist taunts that he sent towards Jackie while they are playing, you know, a game. Philadelphia has had its share of great black athletes and probably from a standpoint shouldn't be treated any differently than anywhere else. But there's that water mouth. And Bill White, who was Flood's teammate for a while, ends up going to Philadelphia before may not have had a good vibe playing in the city of Philadelphia. So flood goes from St. Louis where he is respected and maybe the racist taunts are at a minimum to a place where maybe as he's in his thirties, he doesn't want to hear, you know, the things that the Philadelphia fans could have been saying. So, my question is, was Kurt Flood on his way to the Hall of Fame? And that's that that to me is a is a difficult question because if you give the answer no, it's like you're disrespecting the man. And that's why I think it's important to bring up the other aspect of Kurt Flood and consideration for baseball's Hall of Fame, and that is as a pioneer. And I think you can look at what he accomplished as a player. And unfortunately, as we'll have to put this on, pause for a second.